You're listening to Young Honest Mother, the podcast. Here, we'll chat about all things marriage, motherhood, and modern home economics in all honesty. I'm your host, Maurice Young. Well, I'm back for another solo show about a topic that was really eye-opening when it came to my motherhood journey, and that is the topic of childcare. So before I get into my own personal experience and what it's been like in navigating childcare as both a stay-at-home mom and a working mom when I started out, um, I also, I just wanted to preface this conversation by reminding you that I'm someone who believes that there's just no one right way to be a parent because we are so unique. We all have such different personalities and family dynamics and our living situations and experiences can be so different from one another that I think it's important to approach a topic like childcare with the grace and the levity to step back and realize that it is okay to make choices that might look different from someone else's family, that it is okay to make choices that fit who you are, who your family is, and what your family needs, even if those choices end up looking different from those around you. And so with that, um, the reason why I wanted to get into this topic today is because not only is it kind of timely, it's something that I'm experiencing right now as we're navigating childcare in various ways. It was also a topic that really blindsided me in early motherhood. And at this point in time, I have been able to release the guilt and the shame and the embarrassment of, of being new, of being so naive in the early stages. But when Milo was born, childcare was not even on our radar. We were having so many conversations about baby showers and birth plans and names and all of the things, you know, that come with bringing a new baby into the home. But it turns out I ended up being one of the very first people in my friend group to have a baby in addition to being the first person in my like family generation to have a baby. And so I was often having conversations with people who had never navigated this realm before. And even when I was having conversations with people in my community and family members who had already raised children, somehow the topic of conversation never seemed to include childcare. I think it was just something that parents who were further along in their journeys, just assumed that we were considering. But to be honest, there was just so much going on. You know, there was just so much I was thinking about when I was pregnant and about the, you know, first couple of weeks into my postpartum journey. And I had never once had to consider childcare before. And so it was just not something that um, I even knew that I needed to think about until honestly, I was four weeks in to my six-week maternity leave. And when I was pregnant, I felt really certain that I wanted to return to my career. And so I had no intention of not returning after I had the baby. But even so, it just didn't even cross my mind that if I was going to be at work and my husband was going to be at work, who was going to be watching the baby? 
And so when I had that light bulb epiphany type moment four weeks into my six week maternity leave, um, let's just say emotions were high. <laughs> um, if I could go back and chat with my younger self and share some insights with that younger version of me, I would tell myself that there was no need to panic. Even though we were very much on a timeline, we still had time. We still had time to think about what was going to be best for our unique family situation. And if ever we did start approaching our deadline without much success in navigating the childcare situation, we always could have returned to our jobs and asked for an extension or asked for for more help. And that's really at the center of my experience with childcare is just humbling myself enough to ask for help. And so when we had that light bulb moment, we realized that there are actually quite a few different childcare options out there that we had never stopped to consider before. Of course, there were daycares who can start watching infants as early as six weeks old. Um, there are nannies that you could hire to come to your house and watch your child there. Um, there was also the option we realized that if we would have lived near a friend or had had a friend who also had a baby at around the same age, we could have hired a nanny together and split the cost. Sometimes there are family members who are able to watch the children because they themselves are also at home. And so we went back and forth and we really decided that at that moment in time, we wanted to bring in a nanny. We wanted our son to have more one-on-one -on -one time with a caregiver while we were away. And so once we made that decision, the amount of overwhelm that we felt started to diminish right away because we knew that we had a path that we were willing to take in that moment. And from there, we could start to build out the steps that it would take to actually reach our end goal of finding a nanny. And so we started using websites like care.com, which is a database that parents can use to put up an ad for the type of caregiving services that they're looking for. And directly on the website, you can connect with various caregivers and they can send in their resumes and their personal histories, their professional histories. And um, it's just a great way to connect with people who can provide the type of childcare experience that you might be looking for. And so we were able to collect a, a couple of resumes and we met up with someone in person because for us, it was really important to have an in-person interview in addition to having all these virtual conversations because we wanted someone who we felt like we could trust to be watching our child um, while they were in our home. And we wanted to make sure that, you know, this person had a good vibe. We wanted someone who was not going to be combative when it came to our parenting um, ideals and values because we realized very soon on that the nanny would be an extension of our parenting. And this person was going to be at home with our child while we were at work. And we wanted to make sure that this person was going to be on board with the types of values that we wanted to instill in Milo and was not going to be, you know, challenging our parental decisions. 
And I think that was really key, meeting people in person and making that assessment after having a conversation and seeing the body language of the people that we were interviewing. And so once we um, knew that we wanted to hire a nanny, we also were kind of surprised, to say the least, at the cost of childcare in general. And that's that's also something that I would go back and tell my younger pre-pregnant self is like, I always had the notion that having children was going to add more expenses to our household, but I wasn't aware of just how expensive childcare can actually be. I mean, depending on where you live and what kind of childcare you are looking for, the cost can be very similar to a rent payment or a mortgage payment. And so we both went back to our jobs and and asked them whether there was any flexibility when it came to working from home so that we wouldn't have to pay for a nanny five days out of the week. And that's something I'm really glad that my husband and I both did because while I understand that not all job industries and all employers um, are open to working from home or allowing their employees to work from home, if we wouldn't have asked, we wouldn't have known what our specific employer's opinion was on that matter. And it turned out that I was able to secure one day working at home every week and my husband was able to secure a different day working at home every week, which meant we only had to pay for a nanny to come in and watch Milo three days out of the week, which was a nice reprieve on our wallets. And so because Milo was still so young and he was mainly just sleeping and eating and pooping, it was manageable for us to be working from home and still tending to him um, at the same time. And so in hindsight, I'm really glad that we started that conversation with our jobs. And so we found a nanny that we liked. Um, Another thing that we did is we invested in a Nest camera just because we did want to be able to keep an eye on things while we were at work. And that was really comforting because I could check in at any time when I was at work and and see what they were up to and, you know, just get a a quick Milo fix in between meetings. And um, we felt more secure in being able to, to hop on on our phones and see what was going on back at home. But a couple months into our relationship with our first nanny, she had a family emergency and wasn't able to continue. And so one thing that looking back on, I I can see that really helped us to navigate a switch of plans that we were not expecting was that we were really open to help. I mean, instead of trying to shoulder the stress and um, the responsibility of childcare all on our own, we put the call out to our friends and our family and let them know that we were looking for someone who could watch Milo three days a week at this specific price point. And that was really helpful because that helped to extend our, our search pool. You know, like our friends and family each knew different sets of people that perhaps we didn't know. And so within a matter of weeks, we were able to find a family friend, go figure, who had just left a job and was looking for another job. And it ended up being that she had a professional history of nannying. And so it really worked out. But in between actually saying goodbye to our first nanny and then bringing the second one on, we really had to 
humble ourselves enough to be able to ask for help because I only had one day a week that I could work from home and so did my husband. So those other three days we had to find someone um, to sit with Milo while we were at work. And so one day it might be my aunt who would come over and sit with him during the day and maybe I might come home and work a half day or a couple times my mom would spend the night so that she wouldn't have to drive over in early morning rush hour traffic and she would be there when I needed to go to work and she could sit with Milo throughout the day. Other times my mother-in-law would come over and she would work from our home. And like I said, because Milo wasn't really that mobile at all at that point and was mainly sleeping for most of the day, it was manageable to be able to work while still caring for him. And so we really kind of pieced things together until we were able to find a more stable situation with our second nanny. And then things kind of went from there. But about six months into working after I had Milo, I just, I started to feel all of the pressures of working full time, wanting to be a very present mom, tending to the household, tending to the marriage. And I had also picked up a side project that I was freelancing on. Um, If you can tell, I tend to be someone who's very ambitious and likes to stay busy. And so all of these factors started to really weigh on me. And six months in, after having many conversations with my husband, we both decided that I would step away from my job and step into stay-at-home motherhood. And I wanted to touch on the differences that I felt right away when it came to childcare as a working mom versus a stay-at-home mom. And I'll share a little bit more about how I've been able to navigate that. So at this point, I've been staying at home with Milo for almost two years now, and it has been a different ball game when it comes to childcare. I will say that. Um, and I think that really stems back to guilt, to be quite honest. And I think I felt if I were going to become a stay-at-home mom, then my main role and responsibility was to care for my child. And if I brought someone else in to care for my child, then I wasn't doing my job, in which case... Why did I even leave my career to stay at home? And that kind of mentality continued on for quite a bit. I found it really difficult once I became a stay-at-home mom to ask for help when it came to childcare. Even if it was just my mom or my mother-in-law, I felt that I should be able to watch Milo as this primary caregiver and that I shouldn't need help. And I I started placing a lot of expectations on myself as a mother because if my career was out of the way, then why did I need someone else to help me with childcare? Because stay-at-home motherhood was now my job. And it started to create a lot of stress, if you can imagine, because I didn't want to ask someone to watch Milo for a couple hours so that I could go on a date night or watch Milo for a couple hours so that I could just have some time to nap during the day or to read or to do something that made me feel like me again. And I kind of continued in stay-at-home motherhood with this idea that I just had to be the ultimate mom at all times. And um, that really started to weigh on me. It makes me think about how historically humans have been 
more village-based in the sense that we would create communities and cultivate close-knit relationships with the people within those communities so that no one ever had to feel like they were doing things on their own. You know, I think back to more tribal times and tribal regions of the world and how parenting looks so much different there because the women stick together. They are raising their kids together. They are supporting one another in their parenting. And it's very rare to find a mother taking on these roles and responsibilities in isolation. And it makes sense when you stop to think about it because parenting can be very consuming, especially when for me, I started staying at home. I realized that, you know, the whole day could go by and I might not even get to that one load of laundry that I had on my to-do list because I've been caring for my son. Maybe he didn't nap that day or he just needed more of my attention than I had expected. And so I found myself feeling very behind in household duties and feeling very sad and isolated because I wasn't getting out of the house very often and found myself in this cycle of never asking for outside help. And finally, I really had to ask myself if if that's how I wanted to continue. It got to the point where Whereas an Enneagram type three, if you're not familiar with that test, definitely check it out. It's a personality assessment that gives really great insight into how we all see the world. I digress. As an Enneagram type three, someone who's really ambitious and likes to have projects to work on, eventually I started feeling the call to create what has now become Young Honest Mother. I wanted to have a blog, I wanted to have a podcast, and I wanted to be able to work on these in addition to mothering. Problem was, I was really stuck in a mindset that wouldn't budge. You know, I kept telling myself that I needed to be the sole primary caregiver of my son. And if I wasn't, then I wasn't doing my job. And at the same time, the call to create felt so strong that I was starting to feel resentful of my job as a stay-at-home mom because I was never fully getting focused time to work on the projects that were important to me. And so eventually I started having the conversation with my husband like, I really feel called to create this project. And I've tried working on things during nap time, but sometimes he doesn't nap. And I've tried waking up early in the morning to work on it, but sometimes he wakes up too. And I've tried working on things in the evenings, but that's the time that you and I have as husband and wife to reconnect, talk about our days, maybe watch a show on Netflix or something after Milo goes to bed. And I'm just not able to find the time that I truly need to focus on these projects that require my full attention. And if I'm giving those projects my full attention while I'm supposed to be watching Milo, then I'm clearly not giving Milo my full attention, which is crucial because he's getting into everything. And in having these conversations with my husband, we started to realize, okay, we have a couple options. We we could look for Mother's Day Out programs, which tend to be free childcare programs at preschools and things like that where 
you can drop your child off for a couple hours and run some errands and work on a project or whatever it is that you need to do and then come back and, and pick them up. Um, we started asking ourselves if we wanted to have a nanny step back in or if we wanted to ask relatives to watch Milo. But I felt like the best time for me to be doing this work with Young Honest Mother would be during the day because the evening times are the times that I get to spend with my husband. And that time is sacred and special to me because he works full time and I don't get to see him as often as I would like. And when I narrowed that down, we started to talk more about childcare programs during the day. And I had already been really interested in Montessori and the Montessori teaching philosophy. Maria Montessori was an early childcare educator who had a really interesting philosophy that has become popularized all over the world that involves children in a way that I had never seen before. Um, and in a way that resonated with me. So I'd already been practicing some of the Montessori principles at home with Milo, which really just meant that I was including him in the things I was doing around the house. I started letting him help me. Um, I started teaching him how to help me so that he could feel involved in the care and keeping of our home and of our environment. And so since I was already incorporating those elements into our home life, I felt like I would want an, an extension of that in Milo's childcare. And so I really had to sit with myself because in that moment, even though I knew that childcare would offer me the opportunity to work on these other projects that I was really interested in, I felt so much guilt around that. Um, I started to realize that the accounts that I was following and the conversations I was having were starting to influence how I felt about my situation. And going back to what I brought up in the very beginning of this episode, I had to remind myself that it's okay to make choices that look different than the choices that someone else has made. It's okay for me to pursue childcare, even if the people around me are not. And once I released myself from those expectations that I felt others were carrying of me, I was able to allow myself to ask for help in this way. When it came to enrolling Milo into a Montessori program, that was, that was a really big step for us because up until that point, we had never let anyone that wasn't Milo's nanny or Milo's family watch him. And so it involved a huge leap of faith on our part. Um, and we did our due diligence by really checking out a lot of different places, interviewing a lot of early childcare educators on staff so that we could get a better feel of the school itself and their values and the teachers that Milo would be in contact with. Because again, childcare was going to be an extension of my husband and I's parenting. And we wanted to make sure that we found a fit that felt best for us in this moment. You know, one thing that I've learned about parenting is that things are changing all the time. And so it's okay to make a decision and then shortly thereafter realize that hmm, actually that doesn't really fit or, you know, it's just not something that we like or want to continue anymore. And it's okay to shift and experiment with something new. And so in 
visiting a lot of Montessori schools and talking with a lot of the educators, that really helped us to narrow down our decision. And eventually we did find a school that we loved and finding people that we loved, finding a school that we loved and learning more about their curriculum and their values and the way that they approached education really helped us to loosen our grip when it came to having someone outside of our family in our inner circle watch Milo. Creating that sense of trust by asking questions um, and, and learning more about their approach was really helpful in transitioning into this new era of childcare. One thing that is pretty common throughout our parenting experience with Milo is that we've always been very vocal with him and very communicative about what's going on, especially if it involves him. As an example, you know, our weaning journey was very much rooted in conversation. And you can listen to more about our weaning journey and letting go of old patterns in episode six of Young Honest Mother, the podcast. But when it came to transitioning into Montessori school, we knew that they had an opening that was a few months away from when we actually made the decision to enroll Milo. And so from that very moment, we started having the conversation with him. And in fact, he went with us to visit these schools because we wanted to see how he was interacting in the space. And he really lit up when he saw the classroom that was soon to become his. And that was really important for us to see that he felt a connection to that space. And so once we enrolled him and we had a few months to actually wait before there was space for him to attend, I would talk with him every day. I would tell him, you're going to be going to school. And he got to be very excited about the idea of going to school. I told him, mama will drop you off and pick you up at three o'clock. I wanted to give him an anchor, something to hold on to and something to look forward to so that it was very clear that I was coming back. You know, again, this was the first time we were going to be leaving him in the care of someone else outside of our inner circle. And so it was important to me that we had frequent conversations about what he could expect, what his day might look like there. We talked about that a lot. We talked about the toys that they had there, the playground, and all of the fun things that he would get to do at school. And I told him, you know, while you're at school, mama will get to work on Young Honest Mother. It's just been very important for my husband and I to, to never beat around the bush and to never hide these types of conversations because for one, we do believe that Milo can understand quite a bit. And secondly, this was going to be a big step for not only us as parents, but for him as well. It was going to be the first time he was going to be with someone outside of his inner circle. And we put a lot of reverence into that. After a few months passed and the big day arrived, you know, we had already had many conversations about school and what it would look like and what he might be doing there and when he could expect me to pick him up. And that really helped ease the transition into Milo starting at a Montessori school. I remember being really nervous as well about germs and how that was going to affect his health because I came to learn that oftentimes when a child goes from mainly being at home to then being exposed to many other children in a group setting, the child might be under the weather a little bit more often than usual. 
And so to prepare for that experience at the time, I was still nursing. And um, even though at that particular phase in life, I was ready to start weaning, I decided to continue to nurse until a little while after he had gotten established at the Montessori school. Because I just, I wanted to continue Milo getting those antibodies and getting like all of those nutrients from my breast milk. And so that was one thing I did. And I'm, another thing that we like to incorporate at our house are our immune boosting garlic smoothies. I have a recipe for that over on my website, which I will link to in the show notes. But anything that we could do to make sure that his immune system was strong and ready to handle going into this new situation, um, that was really important to me as well. And so on the first day, we had a special breakfast as a family before we went into school. And when we dropped him off, we gave him a hug. His teacher took his hand. He was able to bring in a blankie from home and one of his special toys to just have a sense of comfort throughout the day, which I also think was really important. And his teacher took his hand and said, Milo, I could use your help making copies because we were we were actually the first people there. Um, we were really giddy and excited for that special moment in time. And Milo loves making copies incidentally. So he was really intrigued by that. And that first day, he actually didn't shed any tears as we left because he had kind of been preoccupied with getting to do something he really likes, aka making copies on the copy machine. And um, he had his blanket. He had his special toy. We had had many conversations about what to expect. Things went very smoothly. I will say that after that first day, he knew, oh, okay, now I get it. When we come here, Mama's going to leave me for some time. It took a couple weeks for him to process that. And I tried my best not to rush him and not to tell him that he didn't need to cry because I knew that it was a big transition for both of us. Me personally, I felt very much at peace with the decision that we took in enrolling Milo into this Montessori school. So I didn't have any feelings of guilt any longer. I didn't have any feelings of shame about the choice that we made for our family at that moment in time. And so I was able to drop him off and get right to work um, without feeling sad or anything like that. But for Milo, it took him a couple weeks for him to to process and to believe, I think, that I was truly going to come back and that he was going to have a great time in the meantime. Um, and at this point, he is excited to go to school. He likes getting dressed in the mornings when he goes to school and I make him a special lunch with things that I know that he's going to love. I've been really enjoying the planet box lunch box that I got for him because I, it was really important to me that I picked something that was not going to leach any chemicals, um, into his food. So I didn't want anything plastic and the stainless steel box is perfect for his size. You can customize it with various magnets. And I got a, a couple of dog magnets, um, because his nickname for us is puppy boy. And so I, I just wanted to make the experience as fun as possible. And I think that's really paying off. And as we wrap up, uh, another thing that I'm realizing too, that we're experiencing is that now that Milo is in a group 
situation during the day, twice a week. I recognize that oftentimes he'll come home and he'll be more cranky than usual. Um, He might be more expressive and more vocal, more fussy right after school than he would be on the days that he doesn't go to school. And I've found that allowing him to kind of process those emotions in a physical way. So sometimes we go to the park right after school. Sometimes once we get back to the house, we'll have a snack and we'll play and we'll talk about what he did at school. And something that I've learned is that oftentimes children, when they go to school, they feel the pressure to behave themselves and and to to meet the expectations of their classroom such that when the parents arrive to take them home, they feel that they've regained their sense of security and safety in order to better express maybe the frustrations or the challenges that they experienced throughout the school day that they weren't able to process in the moment because they were wanting to adhere to whatever the school expectations are. And so letting Milo have time to either nap right after school or play or run around and do something physical, I've found has been really helpful. And the journey continues. For me and my husband, it's been a continual conversation. It's something that we bring up a lot and we check in with each other and ask if it's still feeling good. We ask Milo if it's still feeling good. And whenever, if ever that happens to change, we are open to changing that situation and experimenting with something different. But for me, the the big takeaway with childcare has been flexibility and allowing ourselves to move in a way that feels in alignment with who we are as a family. And so now I want to hear from you. What has your childcare experience been like? Do you have any tips? Do you have any silly stories? Do you have any big takeaways that you've walked away with in navigating this childcare journey? Send me an email or a voice memo to hello at younghonestmother.com and maybe you'll hear a snippet of your story in a future episode of Young Honest Mother, the podcast. If you like what you've been hearing, if you are inspired by the conversations that are taking place here, rating and reviewing the show is a free, quick and easy way for you to support the work that we're doing here with Young Honest Mother. And that's it for this episode of Young Honest Mother, the podcast, which means it's time for you to join the conversation. Share your thoughts on social media and tag me at Young Honest Mother. And then pass this episode along to friends and family who need to know that they're not alone on this journey either. Until next time, I'm your host, Maurice Young.